game while you listen. What's going on here? But this ragtag crew of adventurers is covering the problems of the average player. Where should I begin? Discussing the homebrews, modules, and the latest content for all things D&D. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? It's Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. What you're feeling is so normal and perfectly natural. With your host, the Pirate Captain. Everybody loves me and I don't know why. I'm an asshole. <laughs> I really am. The Pirate Captain is a dick. Chef Bogue. Let me take a couple steps back so I can, you know, really get this point across. It's bullshit! And Loke the Bard. Instead of making a deal with Cthulhu or, you know, the greater devil, you found an imp who was willing to give you dark vision in exchange for a gallon of blood. With a little mayhem, mischief, and a bit of bardic charisma, it's time for the show. That's right. We're back at it, boys. Of course, along with me, Mangy Crew, the bestest buddies you could ever ask for, and Loke the Bard. Uh, Bogue the Orc. Hey, that's me. Oh, not sounding so hot there, are you, buddy? No, no. I, I think the uh, the goblin I ate last night was, was diseased. Ooh, yeah. Told you. Gotta we go check out the cleric. You would think we we may need to, but that's you the last the time we stop at Plague Island and pick up food. Uh, service was nice though. Oh, Loke the Bard. Hey, how's it going? Oh, what is happening, everybody? It is your lovable pirate captain. I am the pirate captain of Chef Bolg and the pirate captain's recipes for everything. I almost said my radio name there. But uh, <laughs> we are a D&D podcast where you actually get to not watch us play the game and go, man, that would be cool if I could do that. No, we actually talk about the problems, the issues, the upcoming Unearth Arcana, kind of things that the average player sits here and talks about. And that's what we're bringing to you today. A new fun-filled episode. If you are a new listener and or subscriber, which you should totally do. You should definitely listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, subscribe, hit the like button, anywhere you're doing that. Even on YouTube, we have YouTube. It's easy to find us. All you got to do is just look up Chef Bolg, B-O-L-G-G, or the Pirate Captain, that's me, and you'll be able to find us. You can also email us your issues, complaints, crimes, bitches, and mutiny requests. Uh, we do take mutiny requests, though they usually fall short. Uh, look, I gather them off. I'm keeping them all. Yeah, it's it's. We'll, we'll, we'll he, win one day. You will not. Uh, you can email your mutiny request to bolg and pc at gmail.com. and it's always that simple. Now that we've gotten the obligatory uh, podcast stuff and YouTube, because we are on YouTube, I sometimes forget that we have a YouTube audience, and I appreciate every one of you who actually sticks it through to listen to what that dumb bard says, because I I just don't get it. I don't understand his point of view. But uh, we are going to roll through today's show. we got a great show planned for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of the new Unearthed Arcana <laughs> stuff that's kind of coming out. Some of the changes that are happening, I I like some of the stuff that's coming, but I'm hoping that I can maybe have you see it my way in this upcoming topic because we're going to be talking about the Sorcerer and uh, some of the changes to some of the spells. And maybe if we have time, we'll get into Influence as an Action, which I actually really like. I like the fact... I like the fact that influence is a action now, and it's not just like, oh, just make a persuasion check. Uh, so that's actually going to be a lot of fun. But the sorcerer. Uh, before before we get into these shows, we always sit here and we talk about things. And I have to say, the sorcerer. Uh, I like some of the changes that are coming to the sorcerer right now. Like this is one of my favorite uh, favorite things that they've actually done with this new unearth arcana now. And I I know I keep saying that, but then they come out with some stuff that's good. And I like, I like the sorcerer. And then they take it away. Yeah, I'm waiting for him to take it away. I like the sorcerer. I think it's a great class. I still think the best changes you can make to the sorcerer right now would be to give it a constitution, uh, a constitution spell cast modifier to make it unique and not charisma. Because just because you can talk and you can sound good doesn't make you a really good spellcaster unless you're like a bard. And I don't even get that for the warlock either. But I think you should be able to use your hit <laughs> points. At least with the warlock, you can say, "Well, maybe you you persuaded your patron to give you some better yeah, mojo." Um, uh, yeah. There's at least some loose. <laughs> there is no no interpretation where charisma applied to a sorcerer. I mean, some people are just born naturally good looking and talking, i.e., pirate captain like people. But uh, maybe I don't know. But I I think that a con based wizard is the way to go. Like make them con. 
And I still think that their spell slot modifiers should be, or their spell slots should be like based on their health and take away from their health. Now, maybe you reduce their healing a little bit because I was listening to that episode uh, a couple weeks ago and I was thinking about that. I was like, well, that may be a little bit even too powerful for my taste. But if you kind of modify how much healing they can take back between rest and stuff like that, like if you cast a level one spell, you take one point, one health point away, you can't be restored to max health till a long rest. That was, we'll revisit that. We need to do an episode where we revisit old ideas. But this new spell, uh, this new sorcerer that's coming through is actually kind of cool. Uh, there is one of my favorite types of spell uh, of sorcerers that's going to, I don't like an ability of it, but we'll get into that. And that is the wild magic sorcerer. I love the wild magic sorcerer. That is to me the essence of chaos, of just of nightmarish fun, not for the better lack of trying. Like there is really good storytelling that can be done with these sorcerers because when sorcerers, and for those of you who are listening for the first time, so, or may not know what the sorcerer class is in D&D, the sorcerer is innate abilities, all right? They're, they're not like the wizard who has to learn or the warlock or the cleric who get theirs from other, other beings or the druids from nature or the bards because they can just have a lot of um, sex. Yeah. yeah, that's really how the bards get theirs. But theirs is actually innate magical abilities. Like they have these these uh whether they're born with bloodline, they've been experimented on. This is usually one of my favorite stories to tell. Like when I create sorcerers, I love the experimented on things. Uh, it's just kind of like a fun thing. And the wild magic is definitely my top of the line favorite sorcerer. Uh, we'll get into the uh, to that here in a bit. Let's go ahead and talk about the changes that have come in, uh, that they've come out in the new under Arcana. Font of magic no longer requires a bonus action to convert spell slots into sorcery points. I kind of like that uh, because like things taking too many bonus actions like really clog up the turn. And I'm, I, I'm tired of everything. I think there needs to be more free action abilities, like minor abilities in the classes. And this goes for everyone. This isn't just for the the sorcerer. This could go for the wizard, the bard, the barbarian, the, the cleric, all of them. They all need something, more free action abilities that don't really take up a whole lot. Yeah, um, you're you're already managing a finite resource pool between your sorcerer points and your spell slots. Spell slots, you, you know, you, there's already a limited amount to take away another resource, one of your action economy yeah. steps to convert from one to the other. That that that's too much cost for too little, yeah, effort, too too little value. Yeah, I mean, and granted, what is a bonus like you? Early, at early levels, you know, what is a bonus action? But once you get to higher levels and you really like everything really counts. Because let's say you're, you know, level probably one through three, you're still kind of like fighting goblins or zombies or undead versus levels like 10 through, let's say we're just going to use 10 through 13. You're kind of fighting more like top of the line creatures, beholders and things like that, where every, every step counts. You know, it's like in Baldur's Gate 3, when you're playing, because I know a lot of people who have started playing the game, uh, who started playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons because of Baldur's Gate 3, they have actually gotten more finite on what they do, on what their actions and everything mean because they, of that. So they if can you're, picture it better. Yeah, really great, really good thing for Baldur's Gate 3 to help out with that. So now they're like, oh, well, I know I need, I have, I, it takes me this full action to go do this, but I also need to do be able to do that, but and this. And you're taking it away just to restore magic and stuff like that, especially if you're in the middle, uh, if you're in the middle of like maybe some downtime, granted a bonus action during downtime is not really, but I'm yeah, tired. Out of combat, it don't matter. <clears throat> in combat, and if you're down to the point where you're having to convert spells, uh, sorcery points to spell slots or vice versa, just to get your turn to do what you need to do to survive that combat, you don't need a, a handicap on top of that. Yeah. You're probably already in pretty rough shape. I I think that that's going to be a great change. And I think that we're, we're going to see more. Uh, hopefully we're going to see more and more like that with these other classes. Because think about, I'm trying to think of a, a one off the top of my head that just require like an action that doesn't really, re that shouldn't really require like a bonus action. 
that we could probably just get rid of like song or i don't i don't think song arrest is it but there's something there i am i'm, I'm exhausted I'm, I'm dog tired i've been running three days of of straight work so i could i, I wish i could think but I'm, I'm glad that that was a change that came out uh let me actually share the screen so the, so the viewers can actually watch they've been experimenting with that a lot throughout the the play test as well yeah um like when they first introduced the light weapon property for example where they were moving the offhand offhand attack out of the bonus action into the light weapon property so you would get that extra attack that you get from the offhand as part yeah. of your attack action and therefore you would still have your bonus action to do like specifically for like the rogue to hide or to do the yeah things uh, that make the rogue what the rogue is yeah so so they, they've been experimenting with that throughout the playtest. That's also one of those changes that are, you know, fundamental to the fabric of the system. If you're changing things that are fundamental like that, you're you're not the same edition anymore. I'm, I'm telling you, they've got to get over this idea that this is a, a this is 5.5 because that's what you 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 had mentioned that uh, and that one kind of stuck with before me. we always said this was six because they they were making such big sweeping changes. Yeah, because it, it should have been. And and now they've they've slowly been in this and the, the previous one they've started rolling back a lot of those changes. Well, I mean, right here, hold on, I'll show you right here. Even in this one, it says. Uh, returns to the 2014 level progression for sorcerer subclass, yeah. with the exception of level one feature being at level three. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? And, and, and I want to save this topic because this will come up. Let, let's finish the sorcerer because I, I do want to talk about that. I have it right. on my show notes right now to talk about that because that's getting annoying. Um, but that is sorcerer yeah, so by it, time. So this this one is more of a 5.5 look. And we don't what where it's going to land when they actually publish the book. It could be, it could be not worth buying. It could be no change at all. You, hey, I'm going to tell you, uh, it's probably not. It's probably going to be a new edition with just uh, not even a new edition, but it's going to be a new book. And it's like here, you can play this one as well. It's just going to be a variant of what we already have. But there's really cool stuff coming to the sorcerer. There's a spell, an absolute spell that I love, and I think is really awesome. And what and it is like probably one of the most perfect things they have designed in this game so far. Uh, and I really like it. Um, but I want to, uh, the meta magic, uh, they're start. you were talking about this, uh, before the show with the barbarian, uh, that not a lot of people know that the totem barbarian can add a new totem every time. And we're going to call it the totem barbarian. I know they're trying to get away from that and I don't care. I think that's stupid. And I'm going to go, I'm going to just leave that one there. A, and we'll... a PC, that one's a PC name change entirely. And it's dumb. Yeah, but... Hey, oh, it's, we're cultural pro wild heart. Yeah, okay, there are people that still believe in the wild heart too. You know, cultural yeah. appropriate. Shut up. You're never gonna win. Like, don't even yeah. don't even try to make that argument. Just call it a totem barbarian. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, it, like when you call it a totem barbarian, it really gives way into what it is. Like it, it's a, a like the ancestral. I actually think of like the Mohawk the yeah. actual uh, Indian tribe, the Mohawk, who actually, like, carved totems and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that was a big part of who they were. And that's, I mean, that is. Well, also, totem isn't just a uh, word associated with Native Americans. Totems are, like... Everywhere. Like, yeah. So, like it's Buddhist, just... Uh, Africa? It's, Nordic? it's associated with, with spirituality and with contacting the ancestors, which is exactly what Ooh. the barbarian paths are like that path is about. Yeah. Um, does, isn't there a feature in that class that allows them to, uh, to talk to their ancestor spirits and stuff like that? That's the, uh, the ancestral guardian. The ancestral guardian. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if that one was, I don't play barbarian a whole lot. Yeah. Not, yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't played a barbarian in a while. Maybe that's my next character. I gotta tell <laughs> you, man, I gotta find somebody up here to play with because I, I I've been missing that. But yeah. um, the uh, uh, they're reversing back, the, but the meta magic now it's it's the changes that they did. It gives you two options at level two and two more at level ten and seventeen, and each now and you can now change one of your options whenever you gain a sorcerer level. That was already a thing in five e. I think they just had to like, like you were telling me that they had to specify it to let you know, Hey, look, it is an option. So this one was more of a wording, which well, is good. 
I believe that option came out in Tasha's. I don't believe it was part of the original. I don't. Yeah, I think it, it's either Tasha's or <clears throat> Xanthar's one. Yeah, um, it, it, was, it was an added option. I don't believe, but now it will be part of the base base kit player's which is handbook. Good. Which you know, in those places like the Adventures Guilds where they they do the PHB plus one. Yeah. They don't. They you know by pulling in some of those good features that from Tasha's and Xanthar's into the PHB that frees up that second that plus one that then you can grab a, a yeah. setting one or a you know a specific if you're a dm and you're doing php plus one and that's kind of like the rules that you're I, i'm gonna i'm gonna like forego that that being your plus one to have that because as your baseline sorcerer yeah. uh just because it, that, that's a dumb to take away yeah. something from because sometimes the party changes whether it's yeah. a character dies or something like that. And like, I think every level now there, I, I still believe in having a good reasoning of why you're changing, you know, Oh, well, our cleric died uh, on our adventure. And now I've taken on, I've taken on his role of the healing. And so I've spent more time training to do this kind of meta magic. Yeah. That, I don't know if any of the meta magic would help with healing off the top of my head, but yeah. <laughs> Twin spell. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're they're changing twin trial show. Uh, oh man, yeah, we got to get into that, that too. That's that's one of the or that that's one of the, the major changes actually, is because they they they've been trying to nerf it in every iteration of the sorcerer that's come out in this playtest because it, twin spell was too good for the amount of spell points or sorcerer points it took. Um, was their argument, um, which. In a way, it was because it let you cast, you know, you know, three Tons, level yeah. or two level, uh, three spells for what five points, yeah, and and one spell slot. <laughs> I mean, so in in some ways, but if you think about how many spell slots that the wizard actually has compared to other, like uh, everybody but the warlock. I think that's kind of fair though. Like kind of that, that brings them up onto an even playing field. Cause you really yeah, don't like granted you at, by the time you get 20 sorcerer points, cause you're at level 20, that's one thing. But right. I mean, yeah. in early levels you're. And if you burn, if you burn through all your, your sorcery points right off the back to, to twin spell something big, you're, you're pretty much casting cantrips the rest of the combat. It's, you know, yeah. it's, so, and I mean, you can actually sorcery points your cantrips too, which is kind of fun, yeah. but I don't know why you would, but you can actually restore, like there's, there's ways around it. So I like, I think that change is kind of like superfluous. Um, I do like, I, I want to go down, let me go down to the spells. Cause I want to talk about sp the sorcerer spells before we get into the wild magic, because these things are awesome. And when I say this, this is one of my, like, when I say this is peak perfection that Wizards has actually done in a hard time, this is peak perfection right here, and it's called Arcane Eruption. And it's essentially fireball on crack. But and, and it is stronger than fireball. It is. But it is also a higher level than fire. That, that is the way spellcasting is supposed to work. They, I don't know why they keep trying to make a level three spell that is stronger than the other level three spells. That makes no sense at all. But when you boost a level three spell up and it becomes a level four spell because it has little extra damage, or in this case, extra status effects. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you can change the damage type. Well, those extra little bonuses mean it needs a higher level spell to cast it. it makes perfect sense. All I'm saying. Where they lose that in the. I mean, why would we do that? Because that seems like players are having fun with that idea versus I don't know. I think well, I, and that that was the problem in the last play test with the wizards' uh, ability to modify their spells. You can yeah. modify your spell and make it better, and it still stayed the same spell level, which made no sense to me. No. Which, you know, basic game design. They should have thought better about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this one, I think that, like I said, this one's peak. This is yeah. what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight it here on the screen for the viewers. Uh, it's arcane eruption. 
This thing is awesome. Uh, Turning magical energy explodes in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range. When you cast a spell, you select the type of damage dealt by explosion. Uh, It's either acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, psychic, or thunder. Uh, Side note, caveat to this, if you're a draconic sorcerer, you kind of have to, you take priority on yours. (laughs) No. Uh, Each creature in the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw on a failed save. The creature takes 66 of damage and choose the type and you get to choose the type on a successful save the creature takes half as much damage but then choose one of the those d6s uh the number rolled on that die determines the condition that is applied to the creature that failed the save as shown below um here's here's my my thing about this and this is the only thing that i'm going to say uh you have to like have a different d6 that's there that says hey this is the damage so if you have like regular black and white die and then you have like a red and black die you say hey the red and black die is my additional effect because i don't want i there shouldn't be see i i like that you can pick i don't like so you if, you, if you roll if you roll a yahtzee of all sixes you're you're stuck with deafen but if you've got you know three threes and a two and a one you know well then you, you've got it you get to make the choice which you know obviously if you get the any of them roll any of your sixes roll a one you're gonna yeah. take the incapacitated. <laughs> no, I I think just having like I, I and I guess I go. It's probably gonna be more of a DM's choice on that one. Yeah. Me as a DM, I'm gonna tell you, hey, you gotta like pick the die beforehand. Like have a different die set out. Like even if it's not a damage die, I'm fine. Well, actually, no, it has to be one of the damage die because I kind of like that. Yeah. Like it has to be in there. But it's really cool because then it has these additional effects. You could be incapacitated, okay. blind, frightened, poison, charmed, or deafened, which I feel like there's more effects I could have had. See, I, uh, I, I like that it if if you roll badly and you get can, you know and get the ones and the twos, you've got that as kind of a a, a give back is that you yeah. get the better status effects. Whereas if you Yahtzee all sixes and you deafen a creature that doesn't doesn't need really to be use deafened, sound, yeah. you're not talking to them and they don't use any kind of sound based stuff. Well, oh well, yeah. <laughs> I, but that's like, that's really cool. Like that's yeah. peak perfection. Like when you're talking about a spell that like, Hey, not only it's worth casting the spell, it's worth getting to be able to cast sorcerer level of uh, fourth level sorcerer spells to be able to cast the spell, because this is yeah. going to be an awesome one. You know, yeah, and this, ain't, you, this ain't a first or second level spell. This is a, you know, this is a fourth. My fourth level. This is this, that's a pretty high level spell for most, most gameplay. I don't, a lot of people will never get past yeah. being able to cast fourth level spells. What's that eighth, ninth level off the top uh, of my head? I couldn't um, tell you right off, man. It, it, I'm I'm that exhausted. I mean, Baldur's yeah. Gate doesn't even get past twelve. So yeah, yeah. So and I think you only get six level spells with them. So which thank you, Baldur's Gate two, for letting me yeah, get to twenty. Fifth, fifth level spells are ninth level for sorcerers. Yeah, according to the chart that's on. If you just scrolled up half a page, <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's, so that's ninth level. I'm getting ready for average the campaigns done by twelve. So getting... go for it. I'm sorry. I so was this telling... this is the this is pretty much as strong as most player characters are ever going to be able to cast. Yeah. So it, it it's to have it be powerful. It it better be. It should be powerful. That's... It should feel like when you're casting yeah. a fourth level spell, you should feel it like deep down versus yeah. like any like if you casted like fireball at level 20 at its base form at level three you're not really feeling that powerful but if you cast it at like the full ninth level version of a fireball it's almost like you set off a small nuclear reactor on top of a boss like that's the idea this one when you when you put it out it like its highest level it's going to be felt imagine right. twin and- spelling that at level nine. Oh my god that's going to be like awesome yeah, well, the new twin spell you won't be able to do that. Oh, uh, we got yeah, we still got to get into that. But I want to talk about one more spell, and then we'll get up in there. And we'll talk <laughs> about the twin spell and the wild magic. Uh, I got to talk about this. This, I think, each class deserves its own unique cantrip mm-hmm. that cannot be taken by other classes, and this is one of them right here. This is really yeah. cool. It, 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 it's better than it was in the last version because in the yes. last version it was a D six instead of a D eight. It's and still I, a little on the weak side. Uh, um, but they make up for that in the laws of probability, which is what is great but, about sorcerers is yeah. the laws of probability. 
because you can, uh, this is Sorcerer's Burst. Now, this is this uh, cantrip, and I'm telling you, more class, each class, spellcasting class needs its own, like, nobody else can cast this but us cantrip. Uh, you cast Sorcerer's Energy at one creature or object within range, make a range attack roll against the target. On a hit, the target takes 1d8 damage. If you roll a d an 8 for the d8 for the spell, you get to roll another d8 and add it to the damage. Whenever uh, you cast a spell, the maximum number of d8s you can add is equal to your spell casting modifier. So uh, it gets better, obviously, as it goes. And if you're yeah. freaking Mr. Lucky, uh, oh, man, that would be super Yeah, the, the average damage this does is going to be less than a firebolt. Um, yeah. With, but it does have a higher potential. Actually, it has no... Well, it does have a maximum because they cap it at your yeah. spell casting modifier, which I, I think is unnecessary. The odd, like, think of Yahtzee, the odds of rolling six of the same, you know, six eights in a row is astronomically small. And if, I think if a player character pulls it off, give them the ninth roll. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's it really going to hurt? Um, I like this too. Um, you can choose the damage time each time you cast a spell. Uh, which I, to me, I think that if you re-roll it, you can change the damage on it. Like that would be the only like modifier I would make to this is every time you, it, let's say you hit an eight and you cast acid the first time, then you can cast lightning the second time, or you can cast psychic the third time, so on and so forth. And that would be the only modifier I would add into this. Anybody are, disagree with that? I think it'd be more fun that it automatically required you to change each exploding dice changes the damage Ooh, type. Oh, that would be cool. Like that, that, would, that would go with the wild mage or wild sorcerer flavor. The only thing is, is there's only like seven types of uh, yeah. damage there. So you can't even like kind of re-roll it. So, cause I think you should be able to like roll it too. kind of do like how they did the, uh, the, the burst, the arcane eruption spell. Yeah. And kind of like what you roll is what kind of damage it'll do. So if they could come up with like one more type of damage to add in there, well, I didn't see force in there. So yeah, you could add yeah. force and there you go. Like, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. But like the, the sorcerer is actually coming along pretty well, like pretty well. Granted, we're going to get to some of the stuff that it needs to fix. So let's go ahead and talk about the sorceries points. Like the iconic thing of all the sorcerers, not so much as like, you know your your different types of sorcerers your storm sorcerers your uh wild magic sorcerers your draconic sorcerers now this one's kind of more along the lines and since you already mentioned it let's go ahead and take a look at twin spell um i'm gonna show the screen again so twin spell when you cast a spell such as charm person or whole person that can be cast uh within no yeah that's it why that's it. Yeah, the description is completely different. That's why it's. Uh, yeah, that's that's really weird. Uh, cast with a higher level spell slot to a target an additional creature. You can spend one sorcery point to increase the spell's effective level by one. Yeah. So. That's stupid. So a spell like no nope. use the example charm person, but like haste, uh, haste. What is it? Level three spell. If you cast it as level four, you can target two people. Well, now for level three plus one spell point. You could cast haste on two people. No, no, this is stupid. Yeah, this is this is like, I get it. It, it it's tough to it, it's tough yeah. to work your way around when you're trying to like think about the damage that sorcerers can do, and if that's what your campaign's about, guess what? You're a DM. You're sitting behind the screen. No one's gonna know if you add more health to your damn monster, and anybody who argues with you as the DM. And says, well, that thing doesn't have a thousand health. It only has 450. That's metagaming. Get out of my table. Yeah. Like I yeah, I'm not I don't want to be a dick like that, but you're you're messing with the thing. Like I as a DM have to make sure that it's fun for all the players, not just one dude that wants to come in here and twin spell fireball and nuke everything on site. I get it, it's kind of fun for him, but it may not be fun for everybody. So I'm just gonna add more health to my goblins where they can survive it. There, there is a balance in there where they could make twelve twin spell work, um, that would well, not be this. Mess. Well, I think I think that it works well, like in its current edition of where it's it's got to be like an on target spell. So it can't just be it could be like a, like 
Yeah, you can't you can twin spell like magic missiles or something like that. Like it has to have like a target. It can't the, pro just... the problem with it is the cost. It is too cheap to give you the spell slot because if you used your meta magic to gain that same spell slot slot, it would cost you more points than just twin spelling the spell costs you. Uh, the easy fix, you need to use a spell slot for each. Boom, fixed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for each casting. So if you're if you're twin casting a third level spell, you need to use two third level spell slots plus the sorcery point to twin cast it. Boom, done. And easy are, fix. And chances are you're also burning spells from careful spell too, because you're gonna have yeah. people that you're trying to avoid hitting. And because that one's when you, I, let's see, we'll take a look at it right now. When you cast a spell that forces other creatures to make a saving throw, you can protect some of those creatures from the spells. To do so, you spend one sorcery point and choose a number of those creatures. All right, so it's at least a modifier for your charisma. It's not like one point per one person. So yeah. that kind of works itself out. So like that and twin spell, it's like, why am I bothering even taking ever going to take twin spell? Like it, it's just, to me, right. you've, you've gutted something that made the sorcerer kind of like on par well, with certain classes twin spell went from the one you always have to take to probably one you're never gonna take unless, I get... you're, unless you're building a specific like a should be more of a bard type but like a no, status effect uh a buff debuff sorcerer maybe then i could see you taking this this version of twin spell but for a regular blaster sorcerer, there is no reason to take. Got my bing bang boom finger yeah. pistols. Yeah. But that's, I mean, you're you're a sort, especially like a wild magic sorcerer, that's your thing. Like in draconic sorcerer, like there's the divine well, no, the divine souls of the warlock. What's there's the arc there's the one that's the healing sorcerer and stuff like that. That, that yeah. gets it. But make that its own thing, though. Like this, this version of twin spell is stupid. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't even feel like twin spell. Like all it does is, is like, oh well, you get to cast haste at a higher level. Have fun, pal. And you're like So at fifth level, before you can actually cast fourth level spells, uh, you know, you'll be able to make a third level spell act like a fourth level spell. Yeah, that's, that's lame. That, that's all it really does. It's it's more of a boost. Boost to a a single spell than a true twin spell. Yeah. Don't like it. It's it's highly lame. Like this is kind of like of all the changes that they've come up with for this one. I think that, that this is what's gonna. It doesn't really gut the sorcerer because I'm gonna tell you, like arcane eruption is is like gonna be worth it to play a sorcerer because I want to see what kind of fun is gonna happen out of that. But that one's like really dumb. Like I actually I've taken subtle spell quite a bit in in campaigns because I like being able to like cast things silently. So that way, not everybody knows I'm actually casting spells. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that one's the, the twin spells dumb. Like I, I, I just don't see an argument of why I would take twin spell. Yeah, I th think they've overtuned it. The other, it, the problem that it had was such a small problem, and they've so overcorrected it the other direction that it, it's it, it's. I don't see it ever being taken as it is. It, I uh I I just don't yeah I'm with you on that one I, I really can't I really can't get behind this one I I just I I like to inspell what it was if you just like up the cost to like two points it may I wouldn't even say maybe two points just maybe but it was based on what level spell you were casting before right that's so right if you, if so you cast a cantrip it was one sorcery point so that's why you would see it you were saying you don't know why you would waste it on the cantrip but if you had firebolt level five which is you know doing what three d10 no it's only doing two d10 two d10 at level five and you twin spell it now you're doing two d10 to two different targets yeah at and one point one one sorcerer point no spell slots yeah but you're, you're burning through those and that's what you get you yeah. have to get your spells like because you have already a limited number of spell slots compared to other classes right. too like you're not warlock stunted but you're still stunted yeah but it, oh. that it, even at the lower, the original version, you couldn't use it for area of effect stuff like Fireball. Yeah, I know we keep using that as an example. We do know that you can't use that currently. We're just yes. using that as a fun example. Because it's not a, easy to explain yeah. that when everybody knows Fireball. Uh, right. But somebody but, uh, may yeah, not know. Since you can't use it on the area of effect ones as it is, um, 
you know, the damage that you're pulling from, you know, twin spelling a, a first level spell, like what's a targeting, I'm, I'm blanking on one off the top of my head. That... Um, ray of fire. Yeah. No, uh, no that's a multiple talk. Uh, cone cold. No AOE. No, that's area effect. Ah. <laughs> I'm just blanking off the top. Anyway. Thunder, uh, not thunder wave, but <laughs> that's area um, effect. chromatic orb. Witch bolt. Witch, Witch bolt. bolt. There you go. Witch bolt. There's a good one. Yeah. So if if you're multi, uh, twin spelling witch bolt, you're actually probably doing less damage than which than twin spelling two firebolt cantrips, and you're wasting a spell slot. Yeah. And, and you can convert that spell slot back into sorcerer points, and do it more often. I mean, it's essentially just turning you into a warlock at that point because that's what yeah. I mean. Eldritch Blast is there because you have very limited spell slots, so you make up for it by doing some big, bigger cantrip damage. Yeah. So I like I'm fine with but that though. That's that, that's, that's the a payoff. function that's completely gone now because you could no longer do that. Yeah. I I I just like of all the meta like of all the things to change that was definitely one of the things they did need to change maybe just up the cost or something but even up in the cost really wasn't the the big deal like I don't know I, I personally like I said I personally think removing the fact that the second spell didn't also cost a spell slot would fix the the cost uh... problem because if, if if you were to cast two level three spells. You need two level three spell slots and one sorcery point. Boom, done. Cost balanced. You're not know. doing you, you know, you're getting it faster by casting two in the same turn, but it's costing you the same amount of spell but slots. That seems more like a hasten spell thing, like to be yeah. able to cast two in there. Which is yeah, which is basically what you're doing. You're casting the same spell twice. Hmm. Maybe it has to be a well, no, because it's twin, so it has to be the same spell. So yeah, yeah, I get, I, yeah. I don't, I don't really have a good counter argument to that. So I, I yeah, think that's that, probably that myself thinks. I think that would be the easiest fix. It would let, and then you could use it for almost anything. You know, you could get rid of, you could allow it for firebolt at that point because you're fireball burning through your resource. You know, at third, two third level spells, that's a good chunk of your daily as casting long, limit. As long as long as the uh, sorcery point cost stays the same, because I'm thinking about that. Well, I was saying, the... I'm saying, drop it to one sorcery point. Period. Regardless. Right. Yeah, that's that one. I that one I could see. That one. That one's pretty good. Like that's that's a trade off that I think is plus or minus in a good way, not plus or minus yeah. in a bad way. Because a lot of these changes have been like minus in a way bad way, where like we're eradicating the things that we're actually they were actually making good. As they're trying to revert it back to uh, 5.0, essentially. Like, why, why? I don't even know why they're putting this out if they're changing that. I do want to move on and talk about one of my favorite sorcerers, the best sorcerer of all, and the wild magic. And I'm going to tell you, here's what I hate about what they're doing to the wild magic. Uh, first off, uh, I don't like this. Wild magic surge no longer requires DM permission. Well, sorry, no, I do like that. Uh, the DM doesn't need permission. I, like I, maybe I'm just yeah. I'm not understanding this, but I think the DM should be able to call a wild it, magic. It's when, when you're pay, when you're playing in a campaign with a DM who never, you're a wild mage and your DM never makes you wild surge. You're getting all the what's, benefits without. What's the, the point to being a, a wild mage? Um, so this at least lets you choose. Yeah, I, I'm going to surge this time, and take that chance to because. You know, about a third of the list is good, about a third of the list is bad, and about a third of the list is neutral. So there's the chance that you're going to get some kind of heightened benefit uh, when you surge. So you're taking that that chance. I think, and this is my argument, this is what I, how I do wild magic. First off, uh, it is a percent chance per spell cast level. So if you cast a six level spell, you have a 60% chance to do a wild magic surge. Um, so if you would roll a D hundred and on 60 or below, you would get, uh, a wild magic surge. And every time that you don't get a mild magic surge, it increases that level by 10%. So let's say we'll, we'll make it easier now. Just do basic math. Uh, so you cast it at the first level. All right. It's 10% chance. The second time you cast the first level spell, now it's a 20% chance. Cause you didn't get it on the first one. You rolled a, you rolled a 91, so you didn't get it. 
All right, but now you got it. You did it again. You got an eighty. Uh, you got a. Uh, you got ninety-one again. Just for the sake of this dumb argument, but it keeps progressively getting harder as you cast spells. One, it guarantees you that you are going to be affected because that's the big thing you've always said in this is that like at some point the law of averages states that you will do something with wild magic that is yeah. either detrimental or whatever. That's just the way it works. Yeah, it, it kind of like builds it, up into it. I don't if, think it, if you're truly rolling random dice and you roll it a hundred times, you know, chances are you're going to hit most of those yeah. on the hundred, hundred slot chart. I mean, and some of them, like I said, about a third are good, about a third are bad. Although the what? bad ones are not really that. I mean, there's one or two on there that are really bad. Like, you know, where you center a fireball on yourself. <laughs> um, I cast that, careful There's spells. not a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, there, and there, and there are yeah, there are ways that you could mitigate. Um, you better hope you're a level two by the time you catch it. Uh, by you, well, by the time if, you hit that wild. If you're surge. a wild mage who's prone to, you know, surges, don't stand in the center of the party. <laughs> you know, it's... Hi guys, this is great. <laughs> you know what? I think we really need a gust of wind. See, I'm I'm a, I, I don't know if. People would consider me a jerk about it or, or the their hero because I make anytime a wild mage sorcerer casts a spell above that's not a cantrip, I make them roll on the wild surge table. Because if you're playing a wild mage, you have no control over your magic. Every time you yeah. cast a real spell, you're surging. I like to make it wild though, and that's why I like to give them that percent chance. Yeah. So every time you roll well, the wildness comes in whether that good or bad. <laughs> No, see, like I that that one, but there's like beneficial effects too that could out like and yet again law of averages, but you could end up having like an entire boss fight just kind of like be done because you just kind of like got lucky with the wild magic versus like you don't know. Not only do you not know if it's gonna happen, but not now that if it's gonna happen, that it's also going to be good or bad. So I'm kind of in that <clears throat> line of hey, look, it's a chance on a chance, on a chance. And then the chance just gets harder and harder as you build up these chaotic energies. Yeah. What I don't like is it's now level three. <clears throat> like it doesn't start at level one, which is dumb. Like you are a wild magic sorcerer starting out at like sorcerers should have all, like something from their, yeah, blood that, all this stuff now starts at level three and that's dumb because yeah, that goes back to the, where they're putting all subclasses at level three, even when they don't make sense. Like, the sorcerer and the warlock yeah like i have to wait three levels to be able to talk to my patron that's that's really dumb so that's like the one like something else that i'm not like too jonesing on with this wild magic and it's all just with the first one i do like the tides of chaos though it's now guaranteed to give you a roll of wild magic on the surge table that's awesome like yeah. that is like one of like i think that's hilarious like i'm going to uh Try and bend chaos into my favor. Well, chaos is like, uh, might as well be a deity because it doesn't like to be fucked with. So it's like, ah, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna fuck with you back. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, bend luck. Uh, I'm glad that it, like, it cost one sorcery point instead of two. That just wasn't like, it wasn't really worth it. Like, why am I burning extra things that I need to, like, really bend luck? But I tell you the one thing that I, I one thing, that doesn't seem to be worth it. And it's wild bombardment. Yeah. Wild bombardment is kind of, it just needs to be a long rest feature. For what it does, it just needs to be a long rest feature. And what it is, is immediately after you cast a sorcerer spell with a spell slot, you can create an effect of your choice from the wild magic surge table, provided the effect casts a spell or restores all of your uh, expended sorcery points. So event essentially, you can just restore all your sorcery points. Because there are a couple of them in there that say that the way I'm reading this, a search table provided the effect cast a spell or restores all your sorcery points. So it can't be. Um, I'd have to look at the table. I don't know. If oh, I thought it. I thought it was the one that can't. I thought nope. I thought the word can't was not. It was nope. in there that it can't provided. cast a spell. No, it, it has to cast a spell or restore all your extended uh, sorcery points. Oh, Once so it, use... so the fun you can't pick the fun ones then, like. Uh... Being immune to alcohol for two d six days, or <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. But once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish one d four long rest. It just needs to be one long rest. Like yeah, so it. you 
yeah, it, 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 one, it's really limiting what off the chart you can take. Because there, there are some, some like a specter, I'm looking at the chart right here, 51, 52, a spectoral shield hovers near you for the next minute, giving you plus two to your AC and immunity yeah. to magic missile. Can't use that one. Which is it's kind not, of lame. It, it's not casting a spell and it's not, yeah, that, it doesn't, for an 18th level feature, it doesn't need those limitations. We, well, that's the thing. Like this game, for something like, if you were actually to get to level 18, and I've actually looked at polls and stuff like that from different mm -hmm. Twitter users, and like, what's your average campaign like and what level? And they're right around yours. Like they get around to like 12 to like 16 at the highest if they get to 16. Yeah. And like, that's like the end of it. Like that's the last level, the last game they play is they were level 16. But now, so like if you can actually make it to level 18, like the, it, you in are the, what, on. The 10 campaigns we've played together, would we hit 20 twice? I don't even think we hit twice. I think we hit it once. Mm, man, that feels good. Yeah. So, I, and that, I, that, like I said, I, I plan out my campaigns to, to reach level 20. Um, either stuff happens and the party blows up the world or, you know, maybe a TPK or something, but I mean, we did our best not to blow yeah. up the world multiple times. I just, I don't well, see some people intentionally blow up. <laughs> you light one bomb and didn't know it was supposed <laughs> to be a nuclear devastation. Weapon. Is it, is it intentional? Like wanting to blow up the world. If all you want to do is destroy the army and if blowing up the world is a side effect, you don't care because you're dead yeah. anyway. I mean, a, a bomb big enough, to blow evil, up but okay. <laughs> I, I just and this and, and and this will get into us in our final topic too, which is kind of like where Wizards is going with this. Like I, I don't think they understand what players like by that time you are you're not god tier level characters, but people around the world know who you are. Yeah. Like you are like when you walk in, people are like, Yeah, you don't don't mess with that guy. Like a his thoughts gonna blow you up. It's like meeting the villain, the end villain in an anime in the first episode. You're like, oh, that guy's bad. Don't fucks with him right now. And we're not getting that with some of these these changes. The fact that they're reverting it closer and closer back to five, that it's just gonna be a book that you can bring to the table. This is your this is your plus one book right here, and it's not even a good plus one book because some of the well, changes it would replace the PHP. It would be. The moment you replace the PHB, yeah. it's over. Like yeah. that's it. They like that's it. this is a new edition. When you replace the PHB, it's over. That's a whole new edition yeah. because this is a whole new set of rules. How are you supposed to play this this version of the sorcerer and the old sorcerer? Because the old sorcerer, because right. now think about this. The old rules still apply. They've said that. The old rules still apply. Well, I'm going to use the twin spell from the old book. I'm going to use the old sorcerer version from the old book that has wild magic at the beginning that has clerics at the beginning and warlocks at the beginning. Like that's the thing that they're not like, I don't know where wizards is like losing their mind on this one and where the thoughts going on there, but they need to sit back. I don't know. Maybe go take actually talk to people who play the game and, and listen to them. This has been yeah. my issue with like blizzard and all these other game developers that have been trying to do this they, they sit there and well we think this is what the players want they'll here's the list right here uh, i know people really can't see it because my photo thing is right there but here's the list right here this is what we want can you make this happen well we could but that's not what you want this is what we think you want and it's this whole list of things is like that's nothing that we've ever wanted ever all right the same like i said it, it, blizzard's done it uh, the, I, I'm just very familiar with Blizzard games. Larian did it right. When Larian did Baldur's Gate 3, they were like, oh, well, this is what players want, so let's just do that. And that's why Larian did so well with Baldur's Gate 3 versus every other game. And now every other game is mad because they can't sit out here and put in the same kind of content because it's like, well, our investors and stuff like that, just do it. I'm telling you, if you would just do what the players want instead of what you think the players want, your your games would start selling out amazingly and nobody's able to prove this this argument to me wrong i don't know why they the only people who are shilling against larian right now are game developers because they're mad because they got called out 
because they got called out. They got the, the ball got put in their court. And now if Wizards doesn't take this opportunity right now, this opportunity to sit here and go, well, okay, let's see what the players want. Go read the D&D forums on Reddit. And it's got a whole list of things of like, man, this has really sucked. How many freaking home uh, homebrew rules do we have to do to correct the stuff that you could just put into your game? The idea of reverting this back to a whole new addition, to a whole, like, would have been great. We could start from square one again. And some of the changes that they had in this were really good. They needed to be dialed in. And the players said, hey, look, let's dial this in. So what did they do? They dialed it in. And it was good. We were like, you can go back and listen to a bunch of our other episodes where we said, hey, look, this is a really good change. I really like this. But now, now we're getting to the point that they're not listening to us again. They're doing what they think they want because, oh, well, it'll just sell money. You're not going to make any money because no one's going to want to buy this. No one's going to want to buy a book and have to sit there. As a DM, this is going to be miserable because a player, two, you're going to have two players that show up. And one's going to be, I want to play the Sorcerer from 5.0. Well, I want to play the Sorcerer from 5.5. Are you going to sit there and have, you're now going to have to pick between those two players and say, well, one of you is going to have a good time and one of you is going to have a bad time. No good DM, no DM worth his salt. Because DMs, we don't do this for ourselves. We do it for the players. No DM worth his salt is going to want to sit there and make, and have somebody pick from that. That is miserable. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. yeah, Well, and, 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 you know, if you are nerfing things and fixing things in this new book, like changing way spells work, changing the way meta magic works, you can't play with that book and the other book. Yeah, which is their whole concept around this right now is the is well, we want you to be able to play the thing that you like. Yeah. Shut up and make a decision. All right. Be the adult. Like they're making the players do the dirty work. And that's what I hate is instead of actually just doing the work themselves and saying, Hey, look, this is just going to be a new addition. We're excited about the changes that are coming. They're going to go, well, we don't want them to not like us. So we're going to make them making you buy the new book. Exactly. Well, hell even with, if you're looking at this, like it's Baldur's gate three, I mean, when you release patch notes and a patch for Baldur's gate three, those supersede what came before you can't go back to an old patch it's loaded it's installed yeah you have to use that new stuff but it's the difference between Baldur's gate 2 and Baldur's gate 3 is that there's an entirely new system in place if you're going to say hey this is going to be you know the new way to play D&D, then just release sixth edition yeah and 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 it's not like it's not like any of us have sat here and said it. This would be bad. Like this is completely bad. We you should only be playing five. We've actually been very accepting of some of the changes that have come through here. But recently, this whole thing of we're just going to keep dialing it back to like five. Nobody's going to want to buy this book. But yeah. it's going to become. I guarantee this is what happened. Mark this down right now in this episode. If you're listening right here, timestamp this. I'm going to tell you. It's going to come out. They're going to release this book right now. No one's going to buy it, and then they're going to blame the players. Yeah. Players just well, don't like it. They just don't know what they have. Guarantee it. How much you want to bet? How much do you want to bet right now in any sense? It's going to be the player's fault because no one wants to buy this garbage that they're trying to put out right now. Yeah. And they're misanalyzing some of the, the feedback that they are getting when you hear them talk about how, you know, oh, you know, they didn't like the way that we changed wild shape. So we're going to go back to the way. No, it, it's not that they didn't like, they didn't like your, the way the one you put in there worked. doesn't mean they don't want you to fix wild shape. Yeah. It means that they didn't you like know, the way you tried the first, your first draft. They didn't like the way you tried. Try another draft. Not even trying to draft. Just go in and see, hey, look, look, find the players. There's plenty of YouTubers out there right now. Some high, some guys who obviously get way more views than we do. And they effectively go in and they say, hey, look, this is how this is the changes. These are the homebrew rules we use. This is what works. All right. And people are like, hey, man, we started using that in our game. Go watch it. Go look at their comments and it'll show you. Oh, yeah, well, this we that's awesome. We worked and it works like that. Go do that. All right. The fact that we have to homebrew and fix your stuff, it is almost like we are modding your game constantly to fix the problems. And it's getting old. Like, look, I love D&D for what it is. I really, really do. All right, this game means a lot to me. Granted, I, you know, I, I'm not a D&D purist. I started playing Pathfinder before I played D&D. 
but I love D&D. But it, it's getting to the point with the, where they're releasing these things now that it's just getting more and like, just listen to the players. It's not hard. It, 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 it's quit saying you think, all right? I hear that all the time in all these interviews from a lot of developers, whether it's video games, whether it's tabletop games, whether it's anything. Well, we think you, we think you want to, I hear that in the army. Oh my God. You want to know how annoying it is to hear that in the army? Well, we think this is what soldiers want. Really? Have you actually spent five seconds with a soldier out in the field? That is not what they want. Quit thinking, go ask, start asking the players. What do you want? All right. Yeah, and, and the surveys that they're asking aren't giving, they're not set up to give real feedback. It, it's the, it's the sliding scale that they're using on everything to put it into a quantifiable number instead of actually, you know, what, what about this is good and what about this is bad? How would you like yeah. go in and how would you change this to work? That is yeah. like the question that after, after every one of these classes, let's go in here. Hold on. I got to share the screen real quick, real quick. Hold on. All righty. Let's do this. And these surveys, like, because so they're doing such large packages, I mean, this one's now 54 pages. It's a little bit smaller than the last couple, but that's still a lot of pages. Yeah, the survey have... is going to be a, like an hour and a half commitment to sit down and fill out the survey. You're not going to get the casual player to answer those questions. So you're so... not going to have their opinion. You're not going to know what they think of these new changes because they're not going to spend an hour and a half because so, they didn't like the one little change. Well, well, not only that, like it just, you have to be able to release like giant pad. Like you can't just release like three or four classes and be like, okay, here, go play this real quick. But you have to give them something to do. Like here are, here's the bard, the barbarian and the, the wizard and the fighter. Here's a one shot uh, that we've created uh, and find like a basic play test for this. And say, here, play this. How would you do this? How would you get from point A to point B using what we've given you right here? And yeah. and the thing is, if they have a giant avenue for that in, in conventions like Gen Con. Oh, like, absolutely. Just give them all the rules you've compiled and say, here, here's an adventure. Play it. Tell us what you think. And they'll get actual players, people in the industry who are actual players, and they will get legitimate feedback, not not do the, the Bethesda route and give us Skyrim over and over again. Oh dear Jesus, with that too, I can't think. Believe I didn't use Skyrim as an example because, oof. But look, here's what happens. Look, you you give us you give us the sorcerer. I've got this up on the screen over here. So if you're looking at the screen right now, uh, for those of you on in audio world right now, I have the sorcerer's page pulled up. And if I scroll down, let's say, all right, I'm going through this, I get all the way to. At the bottom of, of these pages should be a notes section. What did you like? What did you not like? How would you make this better? It's only like if I maybe I should go try and apply to work for uh, for wizards and help them with this and just bring in the army AAR version of it of like I need three up three bound. I hate that version of the AAR, but oh my god, would that be so much better? Well. That would require people to actually, you know, use old school marketing techniques instead of the quantifiable number bullshit that everybody loves. I'm just, like, it, it's just getting old. It's getting old because like some of these changes I was excited about and I was loving what they were doing. And now every time I look through this, every one of these classes has something that reverts it back to its 2014 version. Every yeah. one of them. And that's annoying. So why am I even bothering to pick this up? You want me to buy this book? You have not given me anything worth selling to buy this book of why I would do it at all. I would refuse to buy this book because of what you've done. If you were to release it just as a new edition, I'd be more happy to buy this book. And be like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. All these changes are really good. We're so, going to play the new sixth edition. But what, what they're going to do is at all of the, you know, Adventure Guild League official sanctioned stuff, this is going to be the only allowed player's handbook. Pack sand. That's what yeah. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And so, so that'll get those people will be forced to convert. And that's what they'll learn playing. And so then when they, even if they're not playing there, 
slowly over time it's gonna and they'll stop publishing the 2014 version so you won't be able to get it except in used bookstores and, and slowly everybody's gonna convert over and at some point you'll hit that tipping point where it's like well if i want to play this group is playing this version i guess i gotta get the book for this version and people wonder why paizos is still selling good stuff is still selling out like I was talking to uh, my friends over at Dark Old Games here in Eaton, Ohio, and he was like, "I for a while it was harder to keep uh, Pathfinder stuff on the shelves than it was D and D." He's like, "It was like one of the first times I've ever saw." It. He's not even a D and D fan. He likes some other. There's a, a a mech game from back in like the early '80s that he loves playing versus playing D and D, and he's like, I, "I've never seen it like that though until recently." Paizos is selling out with Pathfinder because the changes the the changes that they're making like it's yeah. good changes. So I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just I've started playing a a couple of games during the week. Um, I play a cyberpunk game, which is fun as hell. It's completely different. It's a lot of different rules, but there are app like with Dungeons and Dragons. More and more games are getting those apps to help you you know do this stuff. And I play a Marvel game, and let me tell you. They're, the ones who did it right were Marvel. They released the entire play, their entire book as a play test for 10 bucks. And they play tested it, got actual feedback from players, and then released the full book for 30 bucks. Yeah. And, that, and that's maybe the way to do it. Maybe that's what Wizards should do. 10 bucks, you get to try all this out. I, I still think that it, it needs. It absolutely needs like that little caveat, like here at the bottom, what did you like? What well, and there's some like? things like, you know, to know how much this this twin spell is going to affect your gameplay, you need the full sp the full sorcerer spell list. We don't have any of the full spell lists yet. No. We don't have rules. So how many spells? Because they're, they're obviously changing the way some of these spells work. What if you can't upcast haste anymore? What if you can't upcast fly anymore? Yeah. Is twin that that then twin spell is even worse, you know? Now if you could upcast, uh, uh, witch bolt, where instead of doing additional damage, it now has additional targets. Well, now that that you can use it with the new twin spell. Well, that that completely changes the value of that twin spell that you can't really evaluate without that added but knowledge. And, and here's to the actual defense of wizards on this one. And this will probably it would be the last time we're going to close out the show. But here's the defense of that one. It's hard to release all the martial classes that have no spell castings and say, go play this without actually having a way to like heal. And so like, granted, you can do a non magic campaign, but it's kind of hard because you want to also see how it interacts with the others. But they should have left the spells alone first off and redesign the classes. Right. And I think that's what they were trying to do. But then they realized that, hey, look, some of these features kind of break the current versions of these spells. So we've got to rechange what we're doing over here a little bit. So in the defense of Wizards, I, I will give you the benefit of doubt on this one. Do not let me down, Wizards. Please, please, please don't let me down on this one. You've done it already enough. But at the same I, time. I would have gone a different way. I, I would have released pure martial classes first. The ones that have no spell casting at all. But every class you, has spell casting now. Well, I know it's stupid. And there, I'm there are subclasses in the fighter that has spell, but like I, I would gone fighter, barbarian, and rogue, and yeah. and left off and not done the uh, eldritch knight, the uh, uh, I'm blanking on the Ar arcane trickster, and what if there is a? There's not really a spell. There's casting not. There's not a spell casting. Barbarian. Per se, barbarian. They have spell-like abilities, but they don't. Oh, they don't. Yeah. There's spells. one in yeah. the newer editions, but that's was yeah. besides but, the point. Yeah, but I, I would go because then you could you could insert those three barbar those three marshals into a standard game using just the rules for those marshals and play test them and see how they would relate compared to the current game. Then I would have come out with just the spells, all of them, the entire list of all. Because about a third of the player's handbook is spells. That would be that would have been playtest two. Yeah. Then in playtest three, you can go because you can't really playtest a wizard without the wizard spells. 
I would tell you, I, I I think that's not a bad idea, but I think mine is better when it comes to, hey, leave the spells alone for right now. Release the classes out as they are. Don't change any of the spellcasters because, oh, well, this spell's broken there. Okay, yeah. then release the spells, uh, the new set of spells to play with those classes. Once you fine-tune the classes, then let's go in and work on it. You don't just start building and uh, you don't start fixing your engine uh we'll use the carburetor the old uh fuel the non-fuel injected one so you have the carburetor you don't just start you don't yank the carburetor off and go straight to, uh straight to the bottom of the engine to go work on it and then come back to the the carburetor you take the carburetor off first and then you you well, work your way down the pro the problem is though the class like the wizard does not get class features specifically because so they, less... they get Spells. But that's but that's one less thing that you have to worry about. Like I said, if you yeah, just their, release, their spells are quote unquote are their class features. Release release the wizard then, and you're still using the old spells. Once you fine tuned all these, then go back in, and you, it doesn't mean you can't go back in and fine tune your classes anymore. That does that's not what I'm saying at all. You can go back in and fix those things, but you can't just do this haphazard that like they do. Like it took us forever to get all the classes out finally. Yeah. And they're still jacked up. And some of yeah. them are were in really good spots. And they're like, yeah, we don't like that. We don't think players like that. And Just quit doing that. And if if you're a decent person, you buy the carburetor dinner first before you yank it off. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. But that's, uh, you know what, that's, that's a good place. <laughs> I'm going to murder you. Oh, this is Chef Bog of the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. I am the Pirate Captain. Always along with me is my buddies, Loke the Bard and Bog the Orc, the bestest Bog ever until you want to murder him. Uh, you guys can follow us wherever you find us. Always just search up Chef Bog at C-H-E-F-B-O-L-G-G or the Pirate Captain. I'm not going to spell that out, Pirate Captain. Uh, Google will fix it for you. You'll find us everywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. It's that simple. Make sure that you like, subscribe, share wherever you're getting any of these podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, eventually I'm going to get us on Rumble. It's just a little bit of extra work that I just haven't felt like doing yet. But you can follow us, like, subscribe, do this anywhere. If you have any problems, scribes, bitches, concerns, complaints, maybe you agree with us, maybe you disagree with us, maybe you're wizards and you're telling us to go pack sand. You can all start by emailing us at bulgandpc at gmail.com. You can always count on a new episode every two weeks, roughly. Uh, we had a little bit of food poisoning issue yesterday that has kept us uh, from our normal Saturday release. But every other Saturday, you can expect a new episode. With that being said, say goodbye, Bulg. Goodbye, Bulg. Say goodbye, Luke. See ya. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything, featuring Loke the Bard. Like, follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. You can also find them on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search for Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. Questions, comments, and mutiny requests can be sent to bolgandpc at gmail.com. And as always, happy adventures.